Welcome to the Living a Nordic Life podcast, where we explore a simpler, cozier and more intentional life the Nordic way. I'm Fiona McKinna, your Nordic Living Guide and founder of Living a Nordic Life, where I share all things Nordic living and show you that a Nordic life is the way to bring intentional calm and healthy habits into your own life, wherever you are in the world. Are you looking for ways to bring simplicity, coziness and calm into your life? Well, let me show you how. Visit the Living a Nordic Life website to explore how I can help you on your journey to simple, healthy and happy calm, the Nordic way. You can subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you want regular inspirational emails sent with love from Norway and straight to your inbox, don't forget to subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters. And so now let's dive into our episode. Hello and welcome to a slightly more serious podcast today. And I think this one's going to be a little bit longer, actually, because I've got a lot to say about this. And I want to talk to you about something called Janterloven, Janter's Law. And it's an unwritten, often unspoken of, rule of life in Scandinavia that unless you've lived here or you've done a lot of research, you've probably never heard of. It's Janta's law, or Janterloven. It's not a law, an official law, that's written in any constitution, but it has power. It has enormous power. It quietly guides the way people live in Scandinavia and the Nordics, and how they behave towards each other and view themselves and others. But, let's start at the beginning here. Back in 1933, a Danish-Norwegian author called Axel Sandemusser wrote a book called A Fugitive Crosses His Tracks. He based his story on the fictional town of Janta, hence Janta's law, and it was very similar to his own hometown in Denmark. In Janta, everyone knows everyone else, no one is anonymous, and no one can get away with anything. It's a bit like small towns here in Norway, I have to say, very much like our village I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, in fact, and she said to me, everybody knows everybody else here. She's Norwegian and she's lived here a very long time in the village. And she said, everybody knows everybody else and everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And in some ways, that's a good thing because you know that your children are safe and they can run about and do whatever they want and they're not going to get into any trouble. And if they do, they're going to be told off or sent home or you'll be told about it the following day. But it reminded me very much of this, of Yanta. And on the surface of it, it sounds like a really nice place to live, doesn't it? But there's always a downside. In Yanta, the good of society must always be put above everything else, including your own well-being and happiness. You must always remember that you are nothing special, that you're no better than anyone else. Ideologically, it sounds like a wonderful place. It's a wonderful idea. But Yantaloven most definitely has its drawbacks. Sandemulsa didn't come up with this idea for this book out of nowhere, though. The idea is much older than his writing, and it characterises the theory that one shouldn't show off, think that you're better than anyone else, or do anything that's out of the ordinary. A lot of the qualities of the quiet, modest Scandinavian with which we're so familiar and we love so much. 
these days it shows itself as the Nordic sense of modesty and a quiet disapproval to shout out about your own achievements. You don't really do that. Somebody else can do that for you, but you don't really do that yourself. The Nordic countries are famous and always have been for their self-effacing modesty and that sense of discretion. And Yanta's law certainly plays a big part in that. It's not normal to brag about who you are or what you have. And I'm afraid to say that those things are usually assumed to come from foreigners. And that's where a large part of the culture difference lies between Scandinavians and the rest of the world. I found it very difficult when I first moved to Norway and I wanted to tell a friend or family member about an accomplishment that I had. Ordinarily, that would have been something that would have come really naturally. And it would have been easy to say when I was elsewhere. But in Norway, it's much harder. And you tend to keep quiet about it. Without even realising it, Yanta's law enters your life and you find yourself towing the line. I'm sure towing the line is quite the word, but you certainly find yourself falling into line, shall we say. So shall we look at the rules of Yanta's law as were written by Axel Sundermusser? Because there are rules. There are 10 points of Yanta's law. People don't follow them, you know, to the, to the letter, but they certainly influence everyday life even now in modern times and even with the new generation. So one, you're not to think that you're anything special. You are no better or no worse than anybody else, than us. And to think that you are is conceited and it's an unattractive trait. Number two, you are not to think that you're as good as we are. We are all the same. Number three, you are not to think that you're smarter than we are. We are all as clever as each other. No one person is smarter than the next. This is something I have experienced a little bit with my kids, actually. And it makes it quite difficult. Not everybody thinks like this, I have to say. I have to point that out, actually, as I go through these, that this is very, this is rather extreme, actually, these rules. But they have a gentle influence. But people are not following them to the letter. So please don't think that they do. Four. You are not to imagine yourself better than we are. Don't get too ambitious. We are all in it for the good of the many. And you are not to start to think that you can achieve something more. Number five, you're not to think that you know more than we do. Again, you're no smarter than anyone else. Six, you are not to think that you're important than we are. Everyone is equal and has an equal say and an equal importance in society. And this one, to some extent, is something to be relished, I have to say. It all sounds rather communist, doesn't it? But with our wonderfully embracing social care systems in Europe, it's a philosophy that in part we can hold really close. Everybody is important. Everybody needs some help at some point. Number seven, you are not to think that you're good at anything. I can do that just as well as you can. Don't go bragging. No one likes a bragger, and especially not here in Scandinavia. Eight, you're not to laugh at us. We're not a joke. You must take everyone else seriously and we will do the same for you. Nine, you are not to think anyone cares about you. That's a bit sad, isn't it? It's that characteristic modesty or is it really? 10. You're not to think you can teach us anything. 
And this, to me, is the saddest one. We can all learn from each other. And maybe society in Scandinavia was much more closed then. Perhaps they thought they couldn't learn anything from anybody else who came in, you know, from elsewhere. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking when he wrote this. But in the book, there's an 11th rule too. And it's known as the penal code of Yanta. And it's perhaps you don't think we know something about you. It's a bit sinister, isn't it, that one? Perhaps we know something about you that you think we don't know. And it's probably true. <laughs> Sorry to say that. In Norway, most of your information can be found online. Everything is very open. If you search for somebody, you can find them. And that includes things like your tax return and your assets. And before things were all put on the computer, before they were all electronic and computerised, because everything we have here now is computerised, everything from our medical records to um, our tax return to signing of documents, we don't really do anything on paper. Everything is done online with a special little toggle and some codes that are ours. But back before then, people would actually queue up at the tax office to read the tax returns of their neighbours. Yep, I kid you not. Fortunately, it's much better now and you have to log into your account to do it. So if you log in to look at somebody else's tax return, they can see that you've done that. So they can see who's looking. It's not quite so easy to avoid. But of course, these social norms can't possibly apply in their purest form nowadays. It's the idea that it's a bit lighthearted, but it very cleverly pinpoints some of the less well-known aspects of Nordic society and the reasons for them when you start looking a little bit more closely. Jantelöven is becoming much less part of my own kids' generation. And it still contributes to it without them losing their Nordic identity. As the generations pass, these laws, and I use the word loosely, become less and less important. And it's very much the older generations in Norway who still cling to them. As people travel more and immigration increases, with a lot of foreigners, I'm one of those, coming into the Nordics, it kind of thins it down a little bit. And Yanta's law, the culture of Yanta's law, becomes more thinned down as other cultures water it out. But it would be a sad thing for Scandinavians to lose that quiet modesty that they're so loved for, wouldn't it? I take Yanta's law with a big pinch of salt. But even hard lessons like this have something that they can teach us. So what can we take from Jantelöven and apply to our own lives wherever we are? Do we even want to do that? I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you've heard these 10 and plus one rules and thought, absolutely no way. That's it. I'm turning this off. I don't want to hear anything else. But there are some aspects of it that we can bring into our own lives. Some aspects when we dig a little bit deeper that show us the good parts of Nordic society that come from this. And it is something that's very deep. So how can we have a little bit of Jantelöven in our own life, but only the good parts, I must stress? Well, for a start, we can show respect for everyone, regardless of how they might at first appear. This is very important here. This is a cornerstone of Nordic society. Everyone is equal, regardless of background or status. The king and queen are just as important as somebody serving you in a shop or somebody selling you something on the phone or somebody emptying your bin. Everyone is important. Be proud.
proud of your accomplishments, but keep it a little bit modest. Or better still, allow your accomplishments to shine through on their own merit. You don't have to shout about it, do you? Because there they are. Everybody can see it. Don't laugh at other people. Be kind, always. It's simple. We don't need to do that. We don't need to make fun of other people, do we? It's not very nice. And don't always assume that you have achieved more than someone else. If you don't know everything about a person or who they are, don't assume that you are worth more. We don't know their background. We don't know people's background by just looking at them. Or even if we know them, we'd have to know them very well to know everything, don't we? And we don't know what they've achieved in their life that they're not telling you about. So what do you think of Yenta's Law? Is it something that you would embrace in your own life or is it just a little bit too far removed from how your own culture is? It's taken me some time to really understand it, I have to say. And at first it was um, very much a mystery and something that seemed a little bit frightening. And it's very different to my own upbringing in England, but it does help me understand Scandinavians and it helps me understand life better here and it helps me to embrace a Nordic life a little bit more, a little bit more deeply. So I hope this has given you something to think about. Maybe you want to go and, you know, have a deep Google of, of Yanta's law. But why not come into my Facebook group and have a chat about it? I'd love to see you there. And I will see you in the next episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters so you can get an email when I release a new episode. It's a quick and easy way to keep up with all things Nordic living. Please visit livingandordiclife.com. You can listen to Living a Nordic Life on lots of podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty of others. If you've enjoyed the Living a Nordic Life podcast, why not leave me a rating? So that's the end of Living a Nordic Life for today, and I look forward to seeing you next time.